Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 35. I, I, I still, I first want to talk about my mother. My mother was a great mother, you know. But see, she walks in here with this little innocent routine, you know. You ever heard of a pussy willow? You ever, you ever been, had a pussy willow put upside your backside? My mom would not only spank me with a pussy willow, I had to go pick the branch that I was going to get spanked with. Uh Uh-huh. I am psychologically scarred by that. You know what I'm saying? My mother had four children. It was so cute. And and then she kept four. Okay? See, you think you're crazy. You know, she, she would keep four. The funny thing is... When we knew we were getting a spanking and we bent over because we knew it was coming, they did too. They knew we were getting it too. So, you know, of course, that was the day when there was a little fear in children. And uh, you were actually allowed to do that. Let me let you on a secret. Don't tell anybody. I said, you're still allowed to spank your children. All right? Um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, we'll transition that to the love of God. <laughs> but um, I, I want to start out today... Because we are talking about the love of God. If you put 835 up, please. Um, and I've been, I've been thinking about this sermon for quite a while. And I just, I got to thinking about our world. And people's lives. And the stuff that I hear. <laughs> Didn't know you were coming to a comedy routine, did you? All the hatred, all the bitterness um, of, of votes coming up. And so you hear all this ugly, nasty trash that, that, that comes out. And I, the, the abuse that's going on and, and, and the bullying. I, 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 you know, I, I know where it comes from. I know who and what it stems from. And what hurts my heart is I know how many people have had the heaven beaten out of them. Maybe not physically, but emotionally, mentally. Um, Sometimes, sadly, even in the church. You know, you go to church, you don't meet up to a certain standard or a certain level. Um, and so you're made to feel like a second-class citizen. And um, really doesn't help, does it? But I really want to take my time this morning and connect with this passage of Scripture about the love of God. Because as we come out of this, this passage, I... I I want you to answer, be able to answer some very important questions. Number one, do I know and do I experience in my real life the great eternal love of Jesus Christ? I'll say something, and please don't, I'm not putting anybody down. But I watch a lot of people who call themselves Christians. And they know about how much Jesus loves them, and they really do love Jesus, but for some reason there's some kind of impediment that truly, and sometimes it's pride, sometimes it's arrogance, 
most of the time it's, it's because the love of God is so unbelievable and we're so bad sometimes, it's hard to believe that God actually loves us that much. You know what I'm saying? Is everybody with me? Everybody, everybody kind of walking with me here? And, and, and second, how is it that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me and you from the love of Jesus Christ? Wow. Wow. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? Um, sometimes we get so busy doing church. And, and you'll hear it a lot this summer, because this summer I'm preaching a whole series all summer about can we save our country. And it's really to, our, to the church. It's really not to the country. Because sinful politicians and men and women are just being who they are. The, the problem is us. Are we being who we're called to be and saved to be? And we need to be a people that instead of looking down on someone because there's something in their life that we don't agree with, instead of looking down on them, we need to look at them and say, listen, I'm God's representative, so I will love you like him. Amen? You know, sadly, because of the church and politicians and different things, the media, the church is kind of looked on as people who hate certain people and people who do certain things, we're really not known as a place of grace and a place of love and a place of compassion. Amen? Oh, how I want to be known and how I want us to be known as a place when all of life falls apart. I know one crazy group of people I can go hang with and they will love me back to hell. Amen? Are you with me? And I, I just think that's so important. I really do. And then the last question as we get done the scripture is, how in the world am I an overwhelming conqueror in the middle of the crazy and the mess that I live with? How am I an, an overwhelming conqueror through the love of Jesus Christ? Now, one thing I think, before I read the scripture, I want you to understand, we'll be in 35 to 39, is he does not say once he delivers us from the mess, we will be overwhelming conquerors. He says while we're in the center of the mess, we are made overwhelming conquerors through the love of Jesus Christ. I really think sometimes we sit around and we wait for the right time. We, re- we wait till all the problems disappear. I'm sorry, kids. Have any of y'all ever had an experience when all the problems disappear? <laughs> Seriously. It's, I'm serious. I'm sorry. About the time I get rid of one mess, God shows me another one. You know, and so what, what an opportunity. What an opportunity for us to show the love and grace of Jesus Christ. What is the love? Of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this. No matter what, no matter when, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, God loves you. He always has, and He always will. No matter what.
I'll say it again, because lots of times in the church, we don't want the no matter what. We want as long as you're doing what we tell you to do or not doing what we tell you not to do. Jesus Christ loves you, always has, always will, no matter what. Jesus Christ is absolutely committed to your best eternal good. In other words, God Almighty, who created the whole place, has absolutely decided and committed himself that whatever it takes for your best eternal good, that's who he's going to be and that's what he's going to do. You start to see why sometimes it's hard to understand and fathom that kind of commitment and love. Because in this world, we don't find that too often, do we? Even in the church many times, we don't find that. Basically, a lots of times what I find, as long as you're being who I want you to be and doing what I want you to do, I love you. <laughs> Amen. You ever done that yourself? I have. You know? It's, it's, it's hard to comprehend that kind of love that is absolutely committed to your best good no matter where you are, no matter what kind of mess you've made, no matter what kind of addiction you're in, no matter where you're at, God loves you and is eternally committed to you and is there for you. And here's the cool part. I love my son. And my wife accuses me of spoiling my son. Okay? And I do. And I do. And that's why he is the brat that he is. Okay? Brittany wants to punch me most of the time because of the brat that he is. Okay? All right? Now, you know what? You know what's scary with her? He could commit murder and she'd say, oh, isn't he wonderful? I didn't marry Brittany. (laughs) But I love my son. And I will do anything and everything for his best eternal good. I mean anything. Dad, I need a million dollars. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Somehow I'm going to find it. Unless it's something stupid. Right? But you've got a heavenly dad that actually has a million dollars. You've got a heavenly dad that can actually do anything and everything necessary in your life. Amen? And he's got this awesome, powerful plan for your life. He really does. He's already written the script. It's really awesome. It's powerful. And he, through the cross and his resurrection, and by the sending of the person of his Holy Spirit, if you don't understand all that, don't worry about it. Nobody actually does. But the bottom line is, he will send his Holy Spirit, and he will make your life what he planned it to be. That's love. Amen? That's love. Let's read the scripture. We're going to read 35 to 39, okay? I can't promise you we won't stop in the middle. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. (laughs) Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now let me stop right there. Told you I couldn't go all the way through. So often we think, well, 
God must not like me no more. I'm having problems. If you ever want to know people who have problems, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And here you've got these people that know God has promised something and they see it while they're being sawn in two. And yet they just knew. God loves me. It's okay. This is part of his plan. Because he loves me. Please don't let the evil one convince you that somehow because you've got problems or because you've got heartache or because you've got addictions or because you've got struggles or you've got this or you've got that, that somehow you've been separated from the love of God. No, sir. God's right there with you with all the love you need to deal with and conquer and overcome whatever you're dealing with. Even if you made the mess. Huh? Y'all need to get a little more black. Come on. Hallelujah. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Are you with me? This is powerful stuff. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Verse 36. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now this comes out of Psalm 44, okay? Verse 37. No, in all these things we are more in in all these things. Just shake your head and act like you're listening. All right? In all these things. Not once they're over. Not once he's rid us of them. In all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's, it's church, but you can smile. I mean, think about that. He, he, he never leaves you hanging, man. You say, well, why does he allow these problems? He allows these problems to show you how much he loves you. To show you that the power that loves you is greater than anything that can come against you in this world. Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor angels nor demons, nor angels nor demons. Don't ever let anybody... Well, you know, the devil made me do it. That was a stupid little joke, but the bottom line is it ain't true. He can't make you do anything. Okay? Somebody say amen. Amen. Neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers. Verse 39. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But pastor, I don't feel it. My love for my son has absolutely nothing to do with how he feels. And my love for him has nothing to do with how I feel about him. Because sometimes what I feel about him is the boy needs another spanking. His mother just went, hey, man. 
I would come home sometimes. She homeschooled that boy. And I'd come home sometimes and she would just look at me and say, beat the child. (laughs) I want you to hear this. God does not want you to know about this love, his love. He wants you to experience this love. He wants you to live in his love. He wants you to absolutely every time something comes up against you. He wants your default mode. Scott, that was pretty good, that that computer talk, wasn't it? Default mode. In other words, instead of instantly going to fear and worry. I'll say it again. Instead of going instantly to fear and worry, we go to the fact that Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the creator of everything that is, loves me. (coughs) Excuse me. He's got everything under control. He knew it was coming. Before it even came, he taught me how to prepare for it so when it came, I didn't get bowled over because he loves me. Let me ask you a question. Are you living a lifestyle within the context and the power of the love of God? Think about it for a second. Are you experiencing the love of God? You mind if I be honest with you about something? I really struggle with that. I really struggle with that. You see, I'm a man. Any of y'all men? Huh? And you women do the same thing. But, you know, I kind of like to feel like I'm in control. Anybody else like to feel like you're a man and you're in control? I don't like the feeling that I need anybody else. My grandchildren right now are going through this phase. This morning somebody opened a, a Juicy for Addie and took the cover off and she wouldn't drink it because she had to do that herself. We, we, we do the same thing. We just do it more gallantly, more professionally. This love of God thing is an easy thing to talk about. It's an easy thing to know about. It's not such an easy thing to live out and actually believe in when things become Amen? They tell me that when you listen to a, I'll say tape, to show you my age. I guess today it would be a download. They tell me you have to listen to it seven times to really begin to understand what the person's saying. I have a feeling in the middle of this constant pressure that we're in, in the middle of this getting the heaven beaten out of us in this crazy world, I just have a feeling 
that we need to kind of go over this and go over this and go over this. We need to make decisions that when the problems come, we're not going to fear and worry and frustration and anger and all that kind of stuff. We are going to. Are you listening to me? And I think we need to decide it every day. We need to pound our mind and our heart with scriptures that say that God's there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He'll always be by our side. He's with us 24-7. He is our parakletos. He's right by our side. He has everything we need, and he loves you. And no matter where you've been, because in my head, the devil's telling me, well, you messed up last night, so the bottom line is he ain't there for you. Let me help you with something. He loves you. And I don't care what my boy did last night. Well, I do. He better not have done anything bad. But the bottom line is, no matter what, I still love him. You multiply that times infinity. And you begin to get how much Jesus Christ is committed to you. And how much he loves you. And how much his powerful plan is he wants to invest in your See, don't tell me I don't know how to witness. Which step was it, John? I can't remember. Which, this one? I drive them nuts with that step. I don't care if you tell me, oh, I don't know what to say to somebody. If you're not sure what to say to somebody when they asked you about God, just tell them that. Well, first you've got to change your lifestyle. Get out of my face. Our Heavenly Father loved you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. I want to hear that. Amen? Don't tell me you don't know how to witness. Just tell Him that. Amen? You know? How in the world is it that nothing can separate me from that love. Because I don't know about you, but I am a royal knucklehead. Anybody here so royal, else a royal knucklehead? The rest of you are lying. We just do dumb things, man. You know, we have weak moments. You know, my wife will say something, and I know, just keep your stinking mouth shut, but I say it anyway. Amen? You know, I've been married 30 years. You know, I, there are just times she says something, and she, do you ever notice they know exactly what to say to tick you off? Anybody else? Huh? You know? And I just say it anyway. I say dumb things. I do dumb things. I, I'm just am a dumb thing sometimes. And then I hear it in my ear. You ain't worthy of God's love. Anybody else? You don't deserve God's love. You're too stupid to have God's love. You know? You're too evil to have God's love. You've done too many bad things in your life to have God's love. Why in the world would pure, holy God be committed to you? Because He is love. And His love... And he is what they call immutable. And that's a big term for he never changes. 
And no matter where you are, no matter what you do, his love never changes for you. I know there are preachers that run around and say, well, you do this and and God will leave you and he'll never come back. Oh, shut up. You know, I think their problem is he already left them. But the bottom line is, I want you to understand something. He loves you, always has, and always will, no matter what. If you don't believe me, go read the Old Testament this afternoon. Okay? You talk about some dumb people. Those Israelites, I mean, God pulled them out and made them a wonderful nation to bless the whole world. Those ding-dongs never got that. I mean, they were supposed to every seven years, they were supposed to do this and that. Every 50 years, they were supposed to do this and that. They never did it. Never. God would pull them out of one mess, and two verses later, they were doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. If it was me, I'd have smashed them suckers. Amen? It's like you read this stuff every, I mean, we're talking over and over and over and over. And you're like, sometimes you even think God's kind of weird and stupid. How could you just continue to love these dingbats? You ever feel that way? You ever read it? Huh? You ain't. Don't say you have. But over and over and over. And yet every time they turned and returned to him. He took him in his arms. He loved them. And got them out of the mess they had made once again. You see... There really is nothing that can separate you from the love of God but you. Are you listening to me? And even if you decide you don't want the love of God, He still loves you. But the only problem is, is He can't enter anywhere He's not wanted. That's just kind of the way he set it up. But I want you to hear this. 24-7, he is standing there with arms wide open saying, listen, I love you. Man, you come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you hope. I will love you right where you are. In my time and in my way, I will get you out of the mess you've made. Amen? Amen? Are you kind of getting this love thing? Are you kind of getting what the church is supposed to be too? Are you? Amen? You know, I I think this is so important. And the last question is this. How in the world, in the middle of all the mess, in the middle of all the stuff, in the middle of the heartache and the tragedy, in the middle of all the bad things that ever have happened and are happening or ever could happen (coughs) in my life. How in the world can I be an overcomer through the love of Jesus Christ? Anybody ever had bad things happen to you? 
Huh? <clears throat> the first thing I want you to understand is if you immediately react the wrong way and you go into a mode of fear or, or depression or worry, it's okay, God's still there. Are you with me? Sometimes we humans haven't, you know, you know, I just got my leg cut off. That's good. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, no. Humans don't do that. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. You know what I'm saying? But after you get through the horror and the trauma, and maybe you reacted the wrong way, it's okay. Your heavenly Father is still standing there waiting to love you. Amen? I just wanted to make sure you understood that. Because so often, I've, I've said, well, I really messed up. I reacted the wrong way. I said things wrong. I didn't do things right. No, he's still standing there saying, I knew you were a knucklehead before we started this. Okay? It's okay. Week's okay. Human's okay. But I want you to understand There has never, ever, ever been anything that happens to us in our lives that God's grace and power isn't sufficient. Amen? I've told you before about the the day that my little girl died. Now, Lisa, we thought we were going to lose her, but I think about that time, uh, we knew that she was going to be okay. And they came to me and, and said, Elizabeth, your little girl Something has happened, and she's losing her blood pressure, and she's not going to make it. And <coughs> if you don't know, I kind of love my babies, and I love my grandbabies, and I just kind of love them, you know. And you have to understand, a year before this, we had lost a little boy in the same fashion. But I'm telling you this right now. I'm holding my little girl why she's dying. And I was just fine. When God says, my grace, my gift, my power, my healing, my love is sufficient, He means My grace, my power, my love is sufficient. No matter what ever happens to you in this crazy world, I want you to understand, God loves you. And if you will allow him to love you, he will see you through that situation. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When nobody else understands, (coughs) when nobody else seems to care sometimes, when everybody's giving you these little quips and these answers that make no sense, there is one who absolutely understands. There is one that is there for you. There is one that you can count on any time, no matter the situation, 
matter what. You can experience and live in the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing or no one can separate you from that love. And in the middle of your mess, God Almighty, His love and His power and His grace is absolutely sufficient and will see you through. Amen? Let's stand. Our Father, this morning, I don't know where everybody's at. I don't know the battles. I don't know the scars. I don't know all the heartaches. But you do. And we live in a world, Lord, where it seems like the world's out to take us and just bash us into oblivion, to beat us up. So Lord, I pray this would be a place where every person, no matter where they've been, no matter where they are, and no matter where they will ever be, that we will show them And we will lead them. And we will be there for them. To show them you love us no matter what. You always have. And you always will. Lord, help us not just to hear this. Help us, Lord, to go live this. Thank you, Father. And all God's people said, amen. Happy Mama's Day and have a wonderful day.